This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and it is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. A couple of days here before Christmas. This is the December 23rd show of 2022. And I looked back, and we've been at, we've been at this almost a year. So as we come into the new year in 23... Uh, it will be a full year for Ready Radio, which we appreciate everybody that has participated, all of our sponsors, the folks that have made this happen. Thank you very much. And again, as I always say, if you use any of them, please let them know you hear them on Ready Radio. It's very important to me, very important to them as well. And we very, very much appreciate that. One of those, of course, is Stack Optical, Alan Stack. And I had an opportunity this week because of the snowstorm. So what I had done with Alan is, of course, did the full eye exam and all that, which he's got a great optometrist there that does a really, really great job. And, uh, you know, just, just the eye care side of it is, is top notch. But after that, I had a changeable lens framed sunglasses made for me specifically. And one of the things I had Alan do, and it came in handy this week, is I had him, because I wear contacts most of the time. In fact, I wear a multifocal contact lens for for those of you that know know what that is i don't wear bifocals anymore i wear a multifocal contact lens and it's a monovision type setup anyways long story short because when i go to plow snow i don't always have a chance to let my contacts which typically sit in a solution overnight and they sit in a type of a solution that's a peroxide based solution that if it doesn't have enough time and you go to put those in your eyes they're very painful and can damage your eye so it has to sit for about six to seven hours well, if I have to go out and plow snow at 2 a.m., let's say, like I did this last week, and I didn't take my contacts out till, say, 10 or 10.30, and I know, yes, you could say, well, if you know it's snowing dodo head, why don't you take them out sooner? Well, because you get in a routine and you forget, and it's just one of those things that, you know, when you're doing things, you don't take them out until you're not ready to see anymore. So in my case, I leave them in until I go to bed. Well, when I get up to plow snow... I don't always want to put those in, and I don't want to get another set out. And most of you that wear contacts know exactly what I mean. So what I had Alan Stack do, this is a part of the ready radio end of things anyways, and I'll explain, is I had a set of yellow lens sunglasses that actually make things in the dark when I'm plowing snow more visible than they normally would be. And no, he doesn't do this for everybody. You have to have a specific reason as to why you would do this, because they don't recommend you wear sunglasses when driving at night. But Alan can explain all of this to you and how it works. Anyways, he made me a prescription set of lenses for these frames. So when I go to plow snow in the middle of the night like I did the other night, I don't have to put my contacts in. I can just slip on these glasses, out the door I go. And, and the other nice thing about it is, of course, if I'm out shoveling or doing anything along those lines, which I try my best not to, but I'll be the first to admit, but occasionally you have to do different things out of the truck. And if the, you know, if the wind's blowing like it was the other night and things are blowing around and so on, it's eye protection to boot and all of that. So my point being, Alan can make you whatever kind of a glasses, set of glasses you need For whatever your lifestyle requires, and if that changes like mine does, he can make them change as well. So Stack Optical, 303-321-1578. Anything you need, he's your guy. And, And again, I cannot recommend enough to go see him, get done what you need. And you can do everything from just regular old, you know, reading glasses, bifocals, whatever it happens to be, to everything I did. And the nice thing about the setup that I've got is I can keep adding lenses to what I have as many times over as I want to. The frames themselves don't have to change. They're a very, very durable frame that will probably last me, 
yeah, I'm, I'll be honest, maybe not my lifetime, but a very, very long time. I'll get multiple years out of these, and the lenses in, are interchangeable, and, and they're the type of lens where that's in a frame where even if these, you know, hap- something happens to these, I can get another set of frames, and off we go, and I still have all the lenses for them. So, again, Alan Stack, uh, great, it's, a great pro- it's a great product, a great program that he has for that product. Just call him and find out exactly what he can do for you. There's a little quote that I heard kind of goes along lines of this as well. Poor people buy stuff and typically have more stuff than they need. Middle class people, they buy liabilities. They buy things that they typically owe money on, that big screen TV or whatever whatever it happens to be. Rich people, on the other hand, buy assets. Each one of those is a different category, as you can see. How does this apply to Ready Radio? I want you buying assets. So that if something were to happen on down the road, you've got what you need, no matter what the circumstances are. If we have some sort of an economic slowdown or huge problem that way or an EMP blast and it knocks out the entire electrical grid system or as a case of the book that I'm listening to on my way home and back down to the station daily, which was recommended that I read on, uh, you know, from the the. Uh, guest we had on last week, and I need to remind myself of what this book is, so give me one second here and I will tell you. Total Power is its, is its name. Total Power. So if you want to buy the book and or get it on Audible, you can. It's actually really fun listening to that book. I'm only about not quite halfway through. There's like 30 chapters, and I'm on like chapter 13 or 14, I want to say. And it's about it's, it, the preface kind of tells you this, so I don't have to Really, you know, I'm not I'm not spilling the beans by by saying this. It's a book about our power grid system, how it's been patchworked together over the years, in fact, how North America's power grid system works, and how easy it would be for a inside man and or a terrorist group, which is really what this this book is about, is they get together to quote unquote take down the grid, and. One of the things that I'm reminded of in this book, I mentioned this a little bit on Rush to Reason this week because, and I know it's fiction and not necessarily the way things work, although there's some meetings that they have in this book whereby I would venture to guess you could probably be a fly on the wall in certain meetings in Washington, D.C., and they're probably not far off. And what I mean by that is, in this book, they really do explain that the average politician is only there for one reason, power. They enjoy the power. And they may not be the, part, the smartest person in the room, and frankly, most cases, they're not. In fact, in this book, they keep talking about how most politicians have a, have a third-grade law degree, which I think is kind of funny when they keep saying that. Um. Again, I can't say that I can disagree with that. I've said this before. I've interviewed uh, hundreds over the, you know, since 2013, I have interviewed hundreds of different, actually probably even longer than that because I've interviewed politicians even on drive radio for, for a number of years. But bottom line, I've interviewed a lot of politicians over the years, some very high ranking, some not so high ranking. And I will have to say, I've only been impressed with a handful out of all the ones I've interviewed. And that includes some that are here locally. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. 
What does that mean and how does that apply to what I'm talking about? We as a country rely heavily upon what the government does when it comes to our infrastructure. Power being one of those, but it goes beyond power. It goes into our water supply. Goes into how our wastewater is handled and so on. I mean, I go down the list, all the different things we have infrastructure-wise, not just roads and bridges. Most everybody thinks infrastructure, road and bridges. There's a lot more to our infrastructure than that. Communications and so on. Now, when it comes to the electric grid side, and the reason why we focus on that so much is because there are known studies out there. This book is not exaggerating when it says a good majority of people in a widespread power outage that would last more than just a, you know more than just a few days if we if we get into a power outage that lasts 3 6 12 months the majority of the population of this country is in deep trouble they say the statistics are a third of the population will be dead in 30 days one third so think about that for a minute as we're in a city of Denver, which is about, what, three and a half million people or so, roughly. Charlie, the state's got five and a half million, roughly. So I think it's around three and a half million here in the metro area. I'm Colorado Springs to Fort Collins. It's about three and a half to four million, I want to say. So think about a third of that population dying. If I'm not mistaken... Even if we rounded that down to 3 million people, that's 900,000 people. That would be gone. Actually, be a million people that would be gone. A million people in this front range gone in 30 days. And, and these are not my numbers, by the way. These are numbers that even, I believe even the, the government and some other agencies, FEMA and so on, have actually looked at if there's a widespread long-term power outage and a reason for that and i know we've talked about it here before and i'm not trying to be a debbie downer as we go into christmas but these are things i want you to think about especially as we go through this christmas holiday season and you're around family and friends and neighbors and we're taking inventory kind of at the end of the year and where are we at and what are we doing for 2023 you know what what, what are our plans going to be so on and so forth so what I want you to think about are some of these things that I'm telling you right now. A third of the population would be dead in 30 days, roughly. And the reason for that is just, number one, survival skills. They don't have any. Think about the fact that in the United States of America, there's only about 2% of us that grow our own food. Those are farmers. And I was talking to my good friend up in Sterling, Kent from Novus Autoglass, Kent and Judy, What's happening in the farming world, and by the way, not saying good, bad, or otherwise, but just what's happening in the farming world. Farmers are leaving that industry because it's very hard to make money. Kent and Judy are, are that. They were farmers. They're not any longer. They've stopped farming. They have a little bit of their own property they do, but they've stopped farming outside of that. What's happening is where you used to have a 20-row planter, you can now buy a 60-row planter. Or where you used to have a you know, certain feet combine, you now have double or triple that size. So what's happening is one farmer 
literally with, with that type of machinery can do what two or three farmers used to do. So honestly, they're not needed like they once were. So what I'm getting at here is the amount of people in the United States of America, especially, that actually know how to farm and do it and make it work and grow a sustainable crop and so on is dwindling even, even more and more every year because farmers are leaving that industry. We are a country literally expects, demands that food be on the shelf at the grocery store anytime you go there to pick it up. We haven't the foggiest idea how it gets there. Most young people especially have no idea how things end up at the supermarket, whether it be from the farm or whether it be from the ranch. They have no idea how that steak actually gets there. They think it just comes from the back room, I guess. They have no idea that there was a living, breathing organism on its hoofs probably not less than two to three weeks prior, some cases less, which we've talked to Greg at Barber's Foods about this many, many times, but in some cases less than that, and it's now on the store shelf. They have, they have the foggiest idea how that food supply chain works. They have no idea that we grow very little produce in America anymore. Most of it comes out of South America. Even a lot of our vegetables and such, we don't grow much here in the United States like we once did. We grow some very unique crops that make some farmers a lot of money, like almonds in California. The California almond crop is about 80% of the world's supply. So we do have some things we do. And yes, you could use almonds to sustain life, but not like you need all of the other things that are out there. You get where I'm going with this. We as a country don't even grow everything we used to to even do the things we need to do on a day-to-day basis, like you used to do back on the farm in the day that my, you know, my mom and some of my ancestors did. Those don't exist anymore. The average city slicker, I'll call them, haven't the foggiest idea. I'm not sure that some of them, Charlie, I'll go as far to say this, Charlie. I'm not sure some people even know that some vegetables grow in the dirt themselves and others grow on the plant. Carrots, for example, versus a bean. I'm not sure the average person even knows that carrots come out of the ground. We kind of all knew that because we did it when we were kids or used to watch Bugs Bunny and they'd, he'd pull it up out of the dirt. Well, they haven't seen Bugs Bunny in years. He probably got canceled because he was probably not politically correct. And as we continue to, quote-unquote, cancel some of those things and go down that rabbit hole, sorry for the pun with Bugs Bunny, but as we go down that rabbit hole, less and less people are going to know the things I'm talking about. Which means our population, in my opinion, becomes more and more vulnerable by the day when it comes to the things we talk about here weekly. And again, this is not to scare anybody, quite the opposite. I want you to know what you're doing, be confident in what you're doing, be able to sustain the life that you have no matter what happens. And if everything does hit the fan, how do you survive when no one else does? And, and this, is, this is actually, it's a, it's a reminder in this book, because as I'm reading it, and they're talking about through, you know, I'm at a point in the book where they're just talking about what if the grid went down? What if we had a major attack? Not even an EMP, but what if there was an outside attack? cyber attack 
on our grid system where they were able to keep it down for a year or more, what would happen to the population? I'm, I'm in the chapter right now where they're just going through those scenarios. What would happen? And it's really eye-opening to think about, if you, if, think, think this for a moment. If you're the only house on the block that because you did solar and you did a backup battery system or you have a generator, if you're the only house on the block with that, how vulnerable are you now? Extremely, by the way. Extremely. Because the minute everybody else doesn't have what you have, what do you think they're going to be doing? And who you thought was your friend prior to all of this is likely not any longer. Something else to really think through. Who is it you're really going to trust when everything collapses, if it collapses? And again, we're kind of talking that you know, end of the world, total power grid shutdown and so on. But I think the one thing this book and the reason why our last guest last week wanted me to listen to this or, or you know, view this, listen to it, read it, whatever, is the fact how many other countries out there would love to see that happen to us. And the fact that we are extremely vulnerable in a lot of our infrastructure because we've got knuckleheads running the country that frankly have no idea what they're doing. We would rather spend money on, you name it, the IRS and other useless organizations as far as I'm concerned. We would rather spend billions of dollars there than billions of dollars shoring up our electric grid. Unifying it even. Shoring up our water distribution system we have that's really a patchwork. I'd love to read a book on that one as to what if our water supply was contaminated. Which, I don't know if any of you really think much about this. I do from time to time. Every time I drive by the local reservoirs that you know are water supplies for Denver, Boulder, Lakewood, Arvada, Westminster, and I'm going down the list. Every time I drive by one of those, I think to myself, how hard or how easy would it be to contaminate those? A single terrorist in a little Cessna with the right things dropped out of the door, you know, the right bags or pellets of whatever, and I'm not an expert in this, but how easy would it be for a water system to become contaminated? And what if they did that at night where nobody knows what's going on? flying low level. I know people would call and wonder what that plane is, but, you know, are they really going to figure it out? Probably not. Furthermore, what about drones? Look how many drones are out there running around right now. And, again, I'm not a chemical engineer, so I have no idea how much of a contaminant would be needed in our water supply to contaminate it, but my guess is not as much as you think. What if it became contaminated overnight? What if... I've never read a book along these lines. Maybe I should write one. What if both happened? What if simultaneously a terrorist group was able to take down the grid and contaminate the water supply at the same time? Then what? Keep in mind, if the, water, if the, if the electric grid goes down, there's not much water supply anyways because most of them work off of pumps and valves and switching stations and things like that even. Some of you would have water. Some of you would not. So, again, these are all things to think about. And what I want you to do, not to be the naysayer at Christmas dinner because nobody likes that guy. But, you know, there's times where different conversations come up and you can just say, you know, have you all ever thought about such and such? 
what would you do if? And for some of you that are maybe the heads of families to bring some of this up and have you know even family members chime in, wouldn't be a bad idea to just get your family thinking about what if? Because frankly, most don't. And no, it doesn't mean you have to be the mad, wild, weird prepper. That's not what I'm saying. You guys know my feelings on that. I'm not that guy either. But I do want to be the guy that can make it through something that were to happen like this and come out on the other end just fine, whatever that takes. And by the way, this isn't about just owning the best and the biggest gun. That ain't going to cut it either. If you don't know how to take care of yourself outside of that, you won't make it either. So food for thought. We'll come back. And if some of you want to chime in on this, feel free to do so. Lines are open 303-477-5600. This will be our last show of Ready Radio for 2022. We'll come back in 2023, of course. But next week, because of the way the holidays are and so on, uh, we will not be here. We'll run a best of show next week. So if you'd like to call in, chime in, give your thoughts, even if you're traveling through, maybe this is the first time you've heard us, feel free to chime in as well. Again, we are not saying these things are going to happen or that they're imminent. But what I will say is, or imminent, I should say, what I will say, though, is could it happen? Yes. We even had for the longest time in this country a government organization that studied this and talked about it. And I'm guessing because nothing really ever came of it, that thing got defunded and the money got put someplace else and we're dumb. Because we are still, in fact, we are more vulnerable now than I think we've ever been. So we'll come back and talk about that in a moment. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. The last thing you need on your mind while trying to find the perfect gifts, fight traffic at the mall, and see all your loved ones is whether your roof is going to hold up against Colorado wind and snow. Hi, this is Madison Hart. And I'm Elizabeth Hart. Not ready to replace your roof this winter? Call our dad, Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, and he may be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a rejuvenation treatment. Because it is a 100% plant-based product, there's no need to worry about your family. It's safe for kids like me. As a full-service roofing contractor, our dad can also replace a damaged roof. Not even hot cocoa tops that. Sleep in heavenly peace this season by gifting yourself a new or rejuvenated roof. Call our dad today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to receive your $200 discount. 
Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Every month is the same. You see the balance on your power bill and you feel months worth of compounding anxiety around your cash flow, inflation, and now another electricity rate increase. Alan Davis with Solar Energy Partners has a plan to save you money and proactively ease your anxieties in the future, too. The first part of his plan is to help you lower your power bill with solar energy by about 40% over the next 30 years, usually saving you more than $1,000 in the first year alone. By choosing to work with Alan, you're making an investment that saves you money and stress for years to come. The second part of his plan to save you money is to help you get away from the big power companies that keep increasing your rates. The third part is to eventually get you into a place where you pay nothing for your electricity usage. Call Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners now to learn more about how he can save you money on your power bill. Set up a consolation appointment today, 303-378-7537, 303-378-7537, or visit klzradio.com sun. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Producer Ann, who does all of our website work and handles everything for me that way, uh, sent me something a moment ago. By the way, uh, website, for those of you traveling through that want to know more information about what we do here each week and even listen to some past shows, you can do that. Ready-radio.com. So ready-radio.com. Uh, producer Ann says, though, having five kids has certainly taught me this. Have your own stash of bath towels, toilet paper, and toothpaste. Yeah. For those of you that have families, pretty good advice. Now, I am, I always say this, but I mean it, I'm, I'm, I'm the weird guy always in the room. I'm just the different guy. Everybody knows that that listens to me during the week. I have this problem that I call FORO, F-O-R-O, fear of running out. I've had it for a long time. Now, doesn't mean I'm a hoarder because I'm not that guy because I don't like keeping a lot of junk around. So I'm not a hoarder. But when it comes to making sure that you always have what you want and need on hand, that's me. 
So I'm, you know, I'm that Costco guy that, yes, I know there's only two of us in the house, but yes, I buy the six pack of toothpaste tubes. I don't buy just one at a time. I don't buy one deodorant at a time. I don't buy one bar of soap at a time. I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm the 12 pack, six pack, whatever pack guy. Don't buy, you know, I don't buy one can of shaving cream. I buy three to six. And what I've also learned through the years is typically when you buy in bulk that way is where you save the most money because I'm not running to the store every time you turn around to buy whatever little item you need. In the end, probably saving more money than I think. Now, you have to get to a point where you've got the ability to buy the six-pack on the front side because, yes, that takes a little more cash flow. But keep in mind, I'm only buying toothpaste probably twice a year, not every month. It all equates out in the end. It's just a matter of when you buy it. But, yes, I, I'm, I'm like, and I'm that guy that typically has a stash of something. I was, at, I was at my office today. We had a little Christmas party for all my guys. And so you know, my guys were laughing at me because, you know, I said something about, yeah, I think I have one of those in inventory. And they're like, what are you, inventory? What are you talking about? It was an item we needed for our, our network and how to make it run and so on. And I, I'm kind of like the station here. If there's an item I need that I know we have to use business-wise to make our IT end of things work, I will have an extra one, quote-unquote, in stock, so that if something goes bad, I just go grab it, stick it in, and away I go. There's no waiting for somebody to show up to make sure that all of my people can get back on the Internet and do what they need to do. We have what we need typically in stock. And I know I'm weird that way, but it's just who I am. And I'll never change because I've just become that way. Now... I'm using some of those, I guess you could call them skills or my weirdness to talk about what we do here each week because there's certain things that I think even preppers tend to forget about. They will have, you know, even a lot of preppers, they'll have all sorts of guns, knives, ammo, camo, clothing, and all of those things. And yet, maybe don't have... And, you know, that most of them will have a first aid kit of sorts, but how many of them have an extra supply of Tylenol or ibuprofen? Or I can go down the list. You know, the or, or, ors of life. There's a lot of things that I think even a lot of quote-unquote preppers will forget because they're focused on not the wrong things, but they're focused on the right things too heavily and they're forgetting about the other things they need to sustain, sustain them, to sustain themselves, no matter what happens. John from Cheyenne always has some good things to add. John, Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, John. Um, you know, you were talking about if the grid goes down. Um, if you're looking at that, if the grid's down after 30 days, people aren't going to be alive anyway because they don't know. They don't know anything because they've never been taught anything. John, you know, a reminder um, of that, by the way, and I'm not picking on anybody, but after this last snowstorm, deep freeze and so on, and exactly. I'm, out, you know, I'm out plowing and doing things and so on, John, most can't stay in the lane that they know they should be in to drive. How are, the, how are they going to survive in a power outage? Well, let's talk about that, though. So say it's a sustained outage. Okay. Utilities will try to isolate as much of the grid as they can to try to get back on. But the way you're talking about it, the scenario is the power plant is what gets taken out. It's not so much as the grid, it's the supply. 
At least that's my opinion. Well, and I think, okay, so let me throw this scenario at you because you came out of that world. Let's say that strategically a terrorist group or somebody even inside that's an inside terrorist group, by the way, it doesn't have to be somebody outside. It could be somebody that just hates our country and wants to see it collapse, which is really kind of what this book is I'm reading, John. Let's just say, for example, somebody strategically knows that they need to take out a dozen substations across the country knowing that you know, between those 12 to 15 substations, which really, let's face it, John, you and I both know are very uh, low security and not protected all that well. What if just 12 of those went offline right now? Um, it would be a disaster, and it would take at least 10 days to get stuff rerouted. The problem there is the other subs would start to get overloaded. Right. So how do you do? So then it becomes a, you know, who gets electricity, who doesn't. Correct. Kind of deal. And let's just say, so John, after, that that 12 becomes 50 or 100. Then, then we're, yeah. And so just look at the ones that happened in Duke. Was it Duke Energy, I think? Yes. Uh, in, in the Carolina, I think it was Duke. Yes. Those transformers that got taken out, you want to buy a new one of those, those are a year out. You're ordering that a year in advance. They're not. That's not something that a substation transformer isn't something that's sitting on a shelf somewhere. Correct. Correct. Yes, thank not you. Yeah. There's some transformers that run around in some of the neighborhoods and things like that, and I've seen those in the yards of XL Energy and things like that. But, yeah, to your yeah. point, John, those other ones are not just sitting around. You know, for, First of all, no. you wouldn't need them, quote-unquote. Second of all, the expense to stock those is just not justifiable. Uh, it, there is no way to stock them other than, you know, if you if, say a utility has 20 substations and they use the same – transformers at every one then maybe it would be cost efficient to have one and you know one Correct. spare on hand in an emergency but how many of these subs that we have just in colorado and wyoming have been out there longer than we've been alive oh, that that's brought up in this book john by the way some of the for all of you listening please hear me when i say this and we don't really think <laughs> about this there are, John, some things that are running our grid right now that are over 100 years old. Exactly. Because they, it was never a big deal to replace it. Nobody. So here's the deal. Right now, you can probably once a week read about XL wanting more money, wanting to raise their rates. The, the, the REAs are doing the same thing. You know, the for-profits, the munis. Right. And nobody wants to pay more. But you got to pay if you want to increase the grid and build it up better. Right. And all you hear is, well, the feds are going to give us that money. Well, federal government doesn't have No, the feds are too busy money. spending it on making sure, John, I read this today as well, not to get sidetracked, uh, but I, that, you know, they want to make sure that somebody on unemployment can make 100 grand a year instead. Yeah, exactly. Instead of saying, go get a job, which. You know, that's the way we grew up. Yeah, but, go get a job you know, and let's upgrade our, our, our power grid in the United States of America. But, John, we're doing the opposite of that, I hate to say. No. You know, and like I said, you know, the REAs and stuff and all the utilities, when they say we're going to raise rates, um, everybody screams. Bloody murder. Right. And if they say, well, we got to build a new transmission line from uh, Joe Schmo's power plant, to uh, Golden, Colorado, 
oh, well, we don't want to pay for that. Well, who's going to pay for that? Right. You know, Great point. It, it, it just, and, really, and really quick, John, I want to make sure that I'm clear on this. I am all for you know, making sure the power companies do the things they need to do to make sure that they're solvent. And if they need to raise some rates to do some of this, I get. I also know that national security-wise, we as taxpayers should be putting some money into the grid in key areas. How do you determine who gets what? That's above my pay grade, although I could probably sit down, John, you and I together could probably sit down and figure that out. So at the end of the day, as a taxpayer, I'm not opposed to spending some tax money on that, provided it's all done correctly and not just going out to cronies. The, and that's the, the biggest problem we have in government for the last, you know, five millennia. Yep. Maybe. Yep. You know. Yep. <laughs> but the other thing you were talking about the last couple of days proved it out is how many people, and I'm still going to ask this question, were prepared for a 24-hour power outage because a pole snapped, the transmission line came down in the cold, something like that. Less than 1% would be my answer, John. Right. And, you know, you were talking about the water, how once the power goes off, there's no water. Well, the other thing is, how many of these people that put in natural gas backup generators don't realize that if we lose power for an extended period of time, there's no power at the pumping stations to move the gas down the pipeline? That's exactly right. Yeah, eventually that runs out, too. You'll have a charge in that line for for X amount, and as you've said even earlier, John, on this program and even during the week, uh, once that ends and they have to figure out who to charge, you know, what what line they want to charge and purge first, no yeah. offense, it ain't going to be your house. No. It's going to be hospitals, government buildings, infrastructure. John, Walgreens back, will get gas before you and I do. Right, because they consider that a primary thing. Correct. You need their prescription drugs. Correct. But a lot of, But a lot of companies, you know, might have a backup generator to – you know, so they don't lose like a, you know, different companies that can't lose power or don't want to be offline. They have a backup generator. Maybe it runs on gas. Maybe it runs on diesel. Maybe it runs on propane. But those supplies are run out. And the primary thing is, if there's no power, how are you going to get gasoline out of the ground? John, if there's no power, and I know we'll go to break here in a minute, but if there's no power, John, um, how do we even keep national security Doing, I mean, how does government, how does National Guard or the military even do what they need to do when there's no power? Because remember, they are living off the same grid we are. Yeah, the only difference is, is and I remember, I, and I don't know if Army, tra- Army training changed since I got out in 92, but, um, you know, we trained to survive without those things, Okay, you know, and fight. But, but if you're, no, what I mean, though, is if you're trying to keep law and order across the country, how do you do that when uh, you yourself can't even get around? That's, yeah, and that's the bad thing is they, you know, do we go back 150 years ago and everybody's on the back of a horse? Uh, good question. Well, what do you we and I both know what horses? happens is it becomes anarchy and the guy at the top wins. Well, yeah, and that's why when you were talking about if you're the only one with power, you're a target. Yep. That's where maybe you need, you know, work with a few of your neighbors that have different skill sets and yep. say, all right, if the world goes to pot, we're going to converge on uh, John's house because he's in the middle of nowhere and he can, it's a defensible position. And, you know, right. Bill brings his guns. Right. And, 
is canned goods and yep. you know everybody brings what they have and you work on a you know it comes back to like a you know a co-op or an old Right. An old fort in the middle of uh, right. No, you're, you know, no, John. You're you're hundred percent. The problem is how many people out there are working on what I just said. How many people even think about what we just said? Very few. Very few. John, um, you you doing movies today? We are. We'll be back here in just a little bit to do them. Of course. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Appreciate it, John. Mark and Wiggins, hang tight. We'll come back. I'll give you plenty of time that way. Don't go anywhere. This is Ready Radio KLZ five sixty. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Replacing your furnace can be stressful for your whole family. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will alleviate the stress of replacing your furnace with service that puts your family first. Absolute offers a 100% customer satisfaction guarantee because they value honesty, earning your family's trust with honest work. Their technicians prioritize your family with integrity by never upselling you on something you don't need during your replacement. They offer flexible financing, so you don't have to make sacrifices to make sure your family's needs are provided for. Their team goes above and beyond to get the replacement done in one day whenever possible, so you can get back to spending quality time together. Get your family-friendly estimate for replacing your home comfort system now with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air by visiting klzradio.com slash absolute or call 720-526-0231 to schedule today. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. The last thing you need on your mind while trying to find the perfect gifts, fight traffic at the mall, and see all your loved ones is whether your roof is going to hold up against Colorado wind and snow. Hi, this is Madison Hart. And I'm Elizabeth Hart. Not ready to replace your roof this winter? 
call our dad, Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, and he may be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a rejuvenation treatment. Because it is a 100% plant-based product, there's no need to worry about your family. It's safe for kids like me. As a full-service roofing contractor, our dad can also replace a damaged roof. Not even hot cocoa tops that. Sleep in heavenly peace this season by gifting yourself a new or rejuvenated roof. Call our dad today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com and he will inspect your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Call 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to receive your $200 discount. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560 website. Once again, ready-radio.com. Mark and Wiggins, what's going on, Mark? Merry Christmas. Radio, Merry Christmas, and yes, Happy New Year. Thank you. I won't be able to talk to you since then, but, uh, uh, you know, listening to your show, you've always got great things, great uh, individuals that come on, and I would kind of second the uh, the you writing a book on, on how to – uh, put all this stuff together and, and make it a reality. So if you if you oh, get time okay. in the next year, maybe make a book and and put that out for yourself. But um, for for the uh, layperson, uh, you know, you've talked a little bit about water, water storage, water transport. At you know, eight point three pounds per gallon is not such an easy. Task. No, it's not. Uh, when when the grid goes down and you're wondering where in the world am I going to get this from? Well. It's, it's, you know, when you sit down and think about how to get water, well, when I was a little kid growing up in D.C., we always had, you know, power outages. That was kind of a normal mm-hmm. thing for us. And my mom would always tell me, go fill the bathtub. I never really understood why when I was a kid, mm. but growing up, it kind of makes sense. You yes. know, you got to flush the toilet. You go grab some, put it in the toilet. You got to wash your hands. You got to brush your teeth. You got to drink water. Okay. So now what I do with my kids is uh, we have the life straws, but we only use those for trips. But we carry in our kitchen, it's called a Berkey, a Berkey filter. Yep. I think it's BerkeyFilters.com. Yep. yep, it is. And that thing will scrub just about everything out of the water system. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm trying to be ready like yourself, but not a prepper type. I'm not an extremist in that manner, but... Um, about a month Which, which and a half really quick, ago. Mark, on that, I want to make sure that we, we cover that for a second, too, because you and I, neither one are saying anything against 
those types of individuals, although, Mark, as I said earlier, I think even some of those individuals can get so pigeonholed into, oh, I've got a year's worth of food, or I've got all my guns and ammo, or I've got this, or I've got that, but then forget about some of the other basic necessities of life that they need. And there are some folks out there, don't get me wrong, that have thought through everything, including the things you and I are talking about. God love them. Great. I, I appreciate that. On the same token, I think, Mark, sometimes those folks forget, okay, if I'm in a city or I'm if I'm near a populace and you know, unless you're out in the middle of nowhere where you've got the ability to be all on your own and by yourself uh, the reality is a lot of this other prepping you are liable Mark to not even end up in your home if we have an end of the world scenario that's a fact that is a fact you know depending on where you're at for traveling or visiting friends or something like that for sure but I just wanted to share a story a quick story about a month and a half ago uh, we had a failure here in town, and what happened is because of the way our system is designed, uh, it's supposed to send, uh, I think it's called a SCADA uh, system, yep. to send a message that, hey, we had a failure, go check on these things. Well, that system didn't work either. Mm. So our pumps were off, uh, the filters were off, and the tank in town is a half a million gallon tank. Well, by 6 a.m., because everybody's sprinklers running, was completely empty. Uh, yeah, empty. The sure. town had no water at all. So I woke up to phone calls because of what I do for the town of, oh, my gosh, we have no pressure. And so the first thing I did was go fill up my bathtub. And uh, I started texting my neighbors, hey, go fill up your bathtubs. And, you know, I get the, what are you talking about? And then when they get to the fi- fixture and it doesn't, you know, come spewing out at high PSI, they, they go, oh, oh, okay, now I get it. Well, if you can get water, great. But how do you filter it? If you don't, on a daily basis, practice what you preach or, or do what you do like everybody else does in a, in a regular game or, or sport, then you're going to be in serious trouble. And so, therefore, that's why I, I like the Berkey filters has a gravity system and will get just about everything you can think of, including fuel items so if there's a fuel spill or a hazmat deal it'll clean that stuff out too mm. um i've never tried it but that's what the filter claims hey my um, wife just sent me the link to mark really quick it's berkey b-e-r-k-e-y berkeyfilters.com for those of you listening we'll put this on on the website as well i just put it in my notes so perfect mark and yeah she's a she's a big fan of them as well mark they are very effective. We we've uh, we experienced a, a moment when we first moved to Wiggins, when they were using a well, which is not too far from where we live here, that had exceeded nitrates and uh, and another uh, product that's um it's a, like a black ash, uh, and I can't remember the name of it, um, but our toilets and clothes and things were turning black, and so I put these whole house filters in to kind of scrub that stuff. But we triple filter with the Berkey, so every drop that we drink comes out of the Berkey. So even if something were to happen, we may not even know about it until later because we, you know, we don't always follow social media, the news like right. well, other people do. But but because of our daily practice of filtering the water anyway, I have the peace of mind that I don't have to worry about it. Mm. Great point. Great point. And really quick, too, for those of you that maybe don't know, and Mark, you do, but for those that don't know, the Berkey 
filters is more of a, and they make them in all different sizes, as you know, Mark, one and a half, I think all the way up to like six gallons or more. And depending upon how much water you're needing to drink, because let's face it, you don't need to filter all of your water for even cooking because you could boil that water on the front side. So there's all sorts of things you can do that way. But these filters really are just a countertop filter, I guess you could say, marked where you put in whatever your wa- your wa- can't talk your raw water source would be, fill that up, and it's going to filter it out for you. Right, exactly. Like in the summertime, we have uh, a 500-gallon stock tank that we keep as a AKA kids' pool. Right. Um, but we keep that filled, and I don't ever have to worry about where's the supply going to go. So when we did have that failure in the town, I just walked right outside and got buckets and started filling yep. Berkey. I, you know, I was not worried. Was it a little convenience? Barely, because... I already had these things in place. Yep. So to me, it was not a major issue. But for my neighbors, they were starting to freak out. Yeah, I mean, if there's a lot of folks out there listening, too, that have everything marked from hot tubs, swimming pools, and the like. Those are all water sources that most people don't think about that in the time of need that we're mentioning right now, there's your water source. It's right there behind you. Exactly. Exactly. Great show, guys, and Mark, yeah, thanks. Build a book, man. Build okay, a book. I, I, I appreciate it. Anne's going to add. I'm sure she's listening. I know she is. She'll be adding that to the list of the books we would like to write. Here's the problem with that for me. I, I, and Charlie knows this. He's the grammar expert on everything I do media wise. I am not, so I know that there are people out there that would help with that and you know if you get the main things down they would help you organize the sentences and make sure that everything makes sense and so on but i that is not my forte at all english was the least loved subject in my life growing up going to school i did it because we had to you couldn't pass you know high school without it but i hated it i will be the first to tell you it was not i'm not charlie it was not my favorite subject math and the like were my favorite subjects because that's how my brain works. Now, as I said a moment ago, I, I get it. When you write a book, there's help and people out there that would enable you to do things and so on. And even my my lovely wife would most likely help out with some of those things. Producer Ann would as well. So, yes, I have folks in my life that would help with that. I just have to be the one to sit down long enough to either, either um, jot those things down, type them out, uh, dictate them. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of ways I guess you could do that, but... Uh, maybe uh, as I get to the end of the year, I'm one of those guys also where I look at next year and what are the things I want to accomplish, what are the goals that you want to set, and so on. And I always use that week between Christmas and New Year's to do those things. Now, I didn't do as much of that last year, be the first to admit, because I was, you guys all didn't know this, but I was not well last Christmas. It wasn't because of COVID or anything along those lines. I had a, I think I just had a bout of flu last Christmas and I spent a couple of days in the studio but Andy really covered last year for me just because I I didn't even see my family uh, we were supposed to do some things Christmas Eve and I couldn't even do all of that because I just didn't feel well enough last Christmas to do so so last year between Christmas and New Year's I'll be the first to tell you I didn't do a lot of the future 22 planning and I don't think a lot of folks did either because 2022 just was sort of a all right how are we going to make it through after all the stuff we've been through with COVID now this next year Uh, This is one of those years where, speaking of, and I mentioned it earlier, this is one of those years where, yes, I think you need to go ahead and plan some things, make some things happen. Inventory, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. I think this is one of those things also where you need to stop, take inventory. What is it you have? What is it you need? 
And what should you be adding to when it comes to this whole preparedness end of things? To Mark's point, do you need to buy and invest in a Berkey filter, something along those lines where if you had a complete, you know, water outage, how, how do you survive? Because you need to be able to drink. You don't need it to shower and do all those things with. In fact, there's products along those lines. You, you could stock up on baby wipes or even make your own. There's ways to even do that to where, okay, you don't necessarily have to have a full bore shower, but you want to stay clean. You want your hygiene to stay up. It's one of the things that in the modern world would start to go away. That's the other thing, by the way, that we all forget about. When hygiene goes away, disease runs rampant. We, as a culture, eradicated a lot of the diseases that were out there prior to now just because we learned proper hygiene. That goes away in the times we're talking about right now. No power, hygiene goes down. Why? Because you don't have the ability to do what you once did because water is no longer running out of the faucet like it was. Now, for some of you that have wells and so on, you may have the ability to do those things, but for others, that becomes an issue. One other thing to think about along those lines, too, and I'm one of these. If you use water to heat your home, and you run out of electricity and water, what happens? How is your home heated after that? Now, I realize people with natural gas, it's a similar situation because you have a gas furnace, I have a gas boiler, neither one of those are going to function very long once you no longer have those. So what's your backup? What is that plan? How do things get heated in your home? If you don't have electricity, we're going to use... What? You're going to build a fire in the living room? If that's the case, how do you get the smoke out? Do you have a fireplace that would enable you to even do those things? You know, How is this going to work in your world? That's what I want you to think about. Again, not to freak everybody out over Christmas and to be that guy at the dinner table, but these are the times of the year where sitting down with friends and family and just asking nonchalantly, hey, have you ever thought about such and such? Just get their response, and here's a challenge to you. Do that, and as we come back into the new year, I want to hear what some of the answers around the dinner table are as we head into 2023. That's it for today, guys. Actually, that's it for 2022. We'll be back in 2023, of course. Rush to Reason is coming up next for those of you that are listening to us on this Friday on uh, December 23rd. But otherwise, we'll see you next year. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.